0: Hey, church. We're doing our best to kind of walk with Jesus day by day and kind of have a devotion uh, today based on what Jesus was doing on this day of the week many years ago, right before he's headed to the cross. Now, Wednesday is the most difficult day to sort out what Jesus was doing in the what the scriptures tell us. And one of the things you got to remember is these gospel writers they were not setting out to give us a detailed day-by-day account of what jesus was doing um what the bible tells us is that that what they were doing when they were writing the gospels is they were writing to us the things that were important so that we might believe in jesus and be saved Uh, john 20 31 says but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So they weren't historians. They were transmitting the gospel to us. And so uh, what makes Wednesday difficult, if you're trying to do a devotion on Wednesday, is that the gospels don't really affix a time to these sort of things. And so as you're following um, the, let's say the book of Mark, it it begins in uh, Mark chapter 14, it says that it was now two days before the passover and the feast of the unleavened bread and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him for they said not during the feast lest there be an uproar from the people and what you get out of the gospels is really like what what could you attach to wednesday is that um those chief priests really ramped up their they plotting um to kill jesus um You could find that it's like these guys have been plotting it for a long time. In Mark chapter 3, verse 6, it says, The Pharisees went out immediately and held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. This is after Jesus heals a man with a withered hand in the temple. Uh, In Mark chapter 11, it says, And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teachings. This was after Jesus had... um, cleanse the temple and then Jesus does all this teaching and some of this stuff is very pointed at the, those Pharisees um, at, at how they are not honoring God and so after a day of just trying to trap Jesus in his words and it just kept coming back against them these guys were very um, motivated and, and ramped up their plotting to kill Jesus but it's, it's telling it's like they, they were very fearful of the crowds because the crowds were following Jesus still at this time and so they were looking for a way to um, to do so without uh, stirring up the crowds and causing harm to themselves. Now, if you're following along in the book of Mark, in it, it, verse 3 it says, And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, and there begins this story of Jesus being anointed um, with a an expensive perfume. Um, and we'll get into that in just a second. Um, but it, one of the things I want you to know, it's like, When you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, Matthew and Mark say, and while he was at Bethany. And so they don't really affix a time to it. You could assume it's Wednesday. If you turn to the Gospel of John, the book of John affixes a time to it, and it says six days before the Passover, which would make this event would have actually happened on Saturday before. Um, And John, of course, was an eyewitness Mark and Luke were not. Luke doesn't mention this uh, passage this this story at all and Matthew doesn't affix a, a definite time. So it really is likely that this actually happened six days before. But Matthew and Mark uh, listed in the same order there. These Pharisees they, they start to plot to kill Jesus. Now you find Jesus in Bethany And there's this event happens and so let me read this to you and um i just let's just go ahead and use it as a devotion for wednesday because there's just some beautiful things in it that we can learn from it it says and while he was at bethany in the house of simon the leper as he was reclining at a table a woman came with an alabaster flask of anointed of ointment of pure nard very costly and she broke the flask and poured it over his head there were some who said to themselves indignantly In the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. So Jesus is reclining at the table of Simon the leper. Now, this is the only place that he pops up in the scriptures. And so you just assume that this man was healed by Jesus and now he's having a dinner with Jesus. Uh, the Gospel of John says that, that Lazarus was also there at this table. So you've got a, a, a guy who's been healed of leprosy. You've got a guy who's been raised from the dead. Now imagine the conversations going on at this, at this table. All the disciples are there, and in walks this woman. Now, now John tells us that it's Mary, and, uh, and she comes and she breaks open this ointment, um, and it's very expensive, and she puts it on Jesus' head, and then in the Gospel of John says she also puts it on his feet, and she wipes it down where her hair. Now, in that moment, it says that um, that those disciples they were saying to themselves, "Why is this ointment been wasted like that?" Um, Gospel of John would tell us that uh, Judas is the one who initiates this this sort of a uh, um, animosity towards this woman for being wasteful with this expensive ointment. I mean, uh, uh, possible worth of like, you know, twenty-five to $30,000 in modern day money. That's a lot um, going in on one person. And then what it says is that the, it filled the house with the fragrance. And so instead of it being useful to be sold, now it's just in the air. And they were upset at this and they began to scold her about this. Um, I, I, and I can see, it's like Judas, who was, it really looks like he's all about the money, that's why he's most upset about it, and he gets the other disciples to uh, follow in this same sort of scolding of her. Imagine that what's going on for her. She's, she's just coming, she's, she's got this spontaneous act of worship and love to Jesus, and all of a sudden, she's being scolded. Well, Jesus jumps to her defense, and, and he says, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. And that's that's where I think it's like we well, really ought to rest this day on that, this beautiful thing. Why does Jesus call what she's done beautiful? Well, one, it's just the, it's the elevation of worship. I mean, she has thrown herself and she's given the, the best of what she's got to Jesus. And Jesus doesn't hold that back, doesn't restrict that, doesn't join in on, hey, let's let's be practical about this. Her her act of worship and love was spontaneous. It's the kind of thing that it's like you don't plan ahead on. It, it wasn't practical. I mean, if she was practical, she would have been looking, okay, we're going to do something, um, but this is really expensive. I mean, it was just like, she just came and she brought the best of what she had. And it, that, that, was probably a family heirloom that had been around for a while and it was the most valuable thing that she had and she gives it to Jesus uh, it's beautiful because what she does is she she elevates Jesus above all else I mean she wasn't thinking about what other people might think she wasn't thinking about what it would cost her um, that's a great question for us in our own personal devotion to Christ does that devotion cost us anything does it cost us time? Does it cost us resources? Does it? Are we ever inconvenienced by it? You know, a lot of people we come to Jesus because he, we wanted him to make us healthy, wealthy, and happy, and it's all all about us. Um, but her devotion to him was beautiful because she was she approached Jesus and didn't count the cost. Um, uh, it was it was beautiful because um, I love what he says in verse eight. She says she has done what she could. Um, like it, it's, it was just what, it was what was within her means. Um, a lot of times we think that it's like we've got to honor Jesus in these in incredible ways and, 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 and the way I honor Jesus doesn't match up to what somebody else has done and what they can do and what they can give. And that's what's not important. I mean, Jesus was watching a widow give an offering in the temple and she's putting her money in the offering box and she gives two bu- two mites i mean like two pennies worth but it says that was all that she had and other people were giving vast amounts of so jesus says to his disciples she's given more than all of them because she gave all of it and so uh, this this devotion to jesus was beautiful and i would just want to encourage us that it's like you know this week as we reflect upon what jesus gives for us on the cross In the power of his resurrection might we endeavor to do what we can to do it spontaneously to be not practical to to elevate jesus above all else so that what we give to jesus he would also put in that category of beautiful um i think wednesday ends and all the gospels attach judas um flipping on jesus at this moment Mark chapter 14, verse 10. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they had heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money, and he sought an opportunity to betray him. In the Gospel of Luke, it says uh, he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the crowd. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to come Thursday evening uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane when there's no crowd because they, they wanted to get Jesus, but they were af- afraid of the people. Um, but um, anyway, uh, just a, a thought for today. Like, how can I love Jesus in a beautiful way? Love y'all.